Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 to 28. For Christ had entered, not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that judgment comes, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Super. Thank you very much, John and Johan and everyone else who's uh, participated in the service so far. I'm just going to talk for around 10 minutes before we sing a closing uh, song together. So please don't panic too much that I'm going to go on for, for too long and the turkey will burn. And we hopefully won't get anywhere near there. Now, we've already thought uh, for a moment or two about Christmas gifts uh, and some very exciting sounding Christmas gifts. Uh, but I wonder if you've ever opened a present that hasn't quite lived up to your expectations, that's felt like a tiny bit of a letdown. Now that letdown might have been temporary, it could be that the present actually needed 16 AAA batteries in order to make it work, I think quite a number of us have been there, but it might have been a more permanent problem. I once bought a friend of mine a retro second-hand games console for his 21st birthday, and he was so excited when he opened it, so was I, to play it together. But it turned out that what had been advertised as retro was, in fact, knackered. And so the gift he thought he'd received when he opened it, that I thought I'd bought for him, well, it turned out not to meet those expectations at all. It was broken. And as you understand, that was pretty disappointing for both of us. wonder if you can empathize with that experience. But it's just possible that some of us can empathize with that feeling today. Not in relation to the presents that were under the Christmas tree this morning, I hope. But in relation to the Christmas story itself. That it promises a lot... But in reality, well, it might not feel as though it quite meets our expectations as we live life day by day. Because you see, the Bible makes some amazing claims about the coming of Jesus Christ that first Christmas. We've been thinking as a church family over the past few Sundays about three of them. So we saw the first two in a reading from Johan a few minutes ago. Jesus came, Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 1, to reveal God showed us exactly what he's like in the person of Jesus. Jesus came, secondly, chapter 2, to destroy. Jesus took on flesh and blood in order to do away with death. And last Sunday in Hebrews 9, we saw that Jesus came to cleanse. He came to mend our broken relationship with the God who made us. And each of those gifts are really wonderful news. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus came to reveal, to destroy, and to cleanse. And so this Sunday should be a day of rejoicing as we enjoy all of those good gifts. And yet, as you think about them today, you might be feeling a bit hollow. Because they might seem to be, well, quite a long way from our lived experience. 
And particularly at Christmas time, actually, we've said that Jesus came to destroy death. But Christmas is a time when we often feel the loss of loved ones most painfully. And in fact, perhaps you wouldn't describe yourself as a Christian at all. And this is exactly why a preacher like me might tell you that Jesus came to destroy death. But just five minutes ago, I was praying for wars in Ukraine and in Syria. I was praying for health workers and care staff. Why are any of those still an issue if Christmas means that death has been dealt with? So on Christmas Day, the gift we've been given, the gift of of knowing God and knowing the joy of death defeated, good as it sounds, well, it might feel disconnected from real life might even feel like a bit of a letdown when we give time to thinking about it. Merry Christmas. Well, Jesus did come to reveal and to destroy and to cleanse, and he did definitively achieve all of those things through his death and resurrection, sure as I stand before you now. But our experience of them might not feel quite as definitive as we might like quite yet. Which is why it's so important that we understand Christmas fully. We have to be clear in our minds, both about the now and the not yet of Christmas. Because you see, Christmas isn't only about the now, about the first coming of Jesus and all we've been given as a result of that. It's also about anticipating what is yet to come. We saw that with our children a few minutes ago and we saw it in our second reading this morning. Let me just read One verse again, verse 28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. Now I mentioned with the children that as far as Christmas Day goes, some of us are at a bit of a midpoint in the day, the point between maybe having received one or two presents and opened them already, And looking forward to the rest of the day unfolding more fully. And in one sense, that's the point that we stand at in world history. We have received amazing gifts, wonderful gifts in the first coming of Jesus Christ. But one reason that it might not always feel as though those gifts live up to our expectations now is that there is a not yet to the Christmas story. Because Jesus promises he will come a second time. And when he does, verse 28, he will save his waiting, his longing, his expectant people. Now in one sense, if we've trusted in Jesus that we are already saved, that's a past tense. That's done, dusted. We are right with God if we've trusted in Jesus for ourselves. But what he means, I think, in Hebrews chapter 9 by the word saved, is that everything we're waiting to happen will happen in all its fullness. The fullness of God's plan to restore this broken world, to do away with death once and for all, to live with us and among us perfectly and to wipe every tear from our eyes, will happen. And that's why, you see, during Advent and on Christmas Day itself, we're not only celebrating the now of Christmas, what we already have received through Jesus' first coming. As wonderful as all of that is, and the guarantees he's made to us of the future yet to come, we also reflect on that future. 
the not yet of Christmas, what he promises to do on his return. And I do wonder if that's something that we've given much thought to before, the not yet of Christmas. It's really important that we do. Just think back for a moment to a time you were maybe given a gift that let you down, that didn't quite live up to your expectations. After, I presume, politely thanking whoever gave it to you, whether through gritted teeth or not, I wonder what you then did with that gift. What did you do with it? Well, I suspect it may well have been popped in in a pile of other stuff. Maybe not have been paid all that much attention to. Perhaps even eventually gotten rid of when it was socially acceptable to do so. And it's just possible we do the same thing when it comes to the Christian faith. If we think that the, the, Christ, the claims of Christianity don't seem to be borne out in our lives, that they feel a bit hollow, we might be tempted just not to pay it so much attention. Perhaps after a while to throw it away. And in fact, it's possible you've never thrown it away because you've never picked it up in the first place. Maybe you, you've never believed in the Christian faith, and this is one of the reasons, because it doesn't seem to deliver in real terms, in real people's lives. Well, if that is you, then firstly, it is worth just acknowledging that a claim that Jesus will come back again, it might sound a bit wacky. It might not have been what you were expecting when you came along on Christmas Sunday, Sunday morning. But it isn't any more outlandish than the claim he came the first time. Because, you see, the Bible tells us that Jesus is God himself. The God of the universe who hung stars in space. And he came to us as a vulnerable baby boy. That's told to us not as a fairy tale, but as history. And so, you see, if that's true, as I and many, many other people here and around the world think it is, then it really changes things. In fact, it means that his promise to come back and do all that he's promised to do isn't so outlandish at all. So let me encourage you, if if you've never done it before, to consider the claims of the Christian faith in all their fullness, the now and the not yet. We'd love to help you do that here as a church family. We're running a short course in January called Hope Explored, where you have space to do just that, to think about the claims of the Christian faith. Let me commend that course to you. We would love to have you there. But perhaps you are a Christian this morning, and you're tempted to to, to perhaps throw the Christian faith away, or, or just at least to pay it a bit less attention, because, well, it doesn't seem to live up to expectations in real life. Well, the author of Hebrews wants the Christians he's writing to to know for certain of the gifts that they already have. To know for certain that Jesus has come to reveal God to us. To destroy death. To mend the broken relationship between us and the eternal God. We have been given extraordinary gifts. But more than that, he wants us to be crystal clear that when Jesus comes back, We will see and experience all of those gifts in all their fullness. Death will be no more. We will live with and enjoy God forever. So yes, today is a day where we rejoice in what we have now. What we've been given in Jesus' first coming. But it is also a day of eager anticipation. Of longing for the not yet of Christmas. 
And so let me encourage you this morning to be expectant, to wait with longing for his return. To sing in your heart, as we will do with our mouths in just a moment. O come, O come, Emmanuel. I'm going to pray for us before we sing those words together. Let me pray briefly before we sing. Our God and Father, we thank you and we praise you for the first coming of Jesus Christ. For all that he achieved, revealing you to us. Defeating death by his own death and resurrection. And making us right with you when we trust in that death and resurrection for ourselves. And yet we acknowledge this morning that we don't always feel the joy of those achievements in their fullness. Of all that is ours as Christians. And so we pray that you would please help us to fix our eyes. Not just on Jesus' first arrival. Wonderful though that was. But on his return. When he will renew all things. And when we will see and enjoy all of your goodness in its fullness. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.